You're listening to Drinking on the Job, D-O-T-J. I'm your host, John Coyle. Drinking on the Job is a toast to the culture of food, wine, and all things fermented. We'll be talking with winemakers, musicians, artists, late-night bartenders, scoundrels, and more. It's time to grab a glass before its last call. DOTJ is at the front lines of the disastrous Napa fires with winemaker Keith Emerson of Vineyard 29 and Robert Craig. He gives us his daily struggle to survive and a report from the epicenter. Drinking on the Job, Episode 75, starts now. Since 2000, uh, more than 600,000 acres of wine country has burned to the ground. Uh, the incredible fire in 17 that destroyed it was probably worse. Uh, who knows? Because this fire is still burning. Um, and uh, we just had back-to-back fires. So uh, Keith uh, Emerson is here, um, who is, I, I really want just perspective on this because he's been in the wine business for 30 years. Uh, started making wine in 1998 with Cake Bread, an iconic uh, historic winery, and has uh, since worked all over Napa and currently at Vineyard 29, which is a uh, boutique winery that uh, Parker uh, scored 100 points for their state cap not long ago. So it's a, an amazing winery. Also works for Robert Craig and a list of other people. But uh, Keith, I really want you just uh, kind of chime in on what's going on and what's it like to be there. Yeah, thanks for having me. Absolutely. Uh, it's been a heck of a week. We've been uh, trying to manage our our fermentations and um, decide whether or not to pick certain vineyards and all at the same time fighting fires as well. Um, actually just came down from Vineyard 29 and Robert Craig um, where I wanted to go and sort of assess where we were at. Uh, we still have some active fire and smoke right above the Vineyard 29 property, just a few large trees that just don't want to go out. Sure. Uh, at Robert Craig, it's it's much more calm uh, right now. There's there's some engines up there. Um, honestly, they're taking a nap right now, just laying on the grass, relaxing. But they're they're waiting and um, you know until they get orders to be able to leave the property. So so uh, that's sort of where we're at. Okay. So um, as far as so the would you say Saint Helena is the epicenter right now of this fire? The, or doing the, the hills? Epic? Yeah, the hills on both sides of Saint Helena are are definitely where it's happening. So it's uh, Calistoga's very threatened and Angwin is a little bit threatened right now, um, much less so than yesterday. And how many wineries have been lost so far? I don't have that number, yeah. but at least four or five that we know of. Right. Um, I think Holmes, it's, uh, it's about 150 plus in this county and 50 plus in Sonoma County. Um, actual winery buildings, I, I don't have, we just know of a few that I've seen that I've driven by and Right. Yeah. And what's the distance between Robert Craig and Vineyard 29? Just so I can get a, a, I'm trying to lay out the geography. People are listening, like how, how far and why these uh, fires are going. Sure. Yeah. Uh, well, Vineyard 29 is right near Deer Park Road, just north of St. Helena. And that's the hourglass of the valley. Right. Um, so it's really where the valley is the most narrow. You can get across Deer Park Road in about 30 seconds. And you mm-hmm. try to do that on Oakville Crossroad or, or Yountville sure. or Rutherford. They're all much, much wider. Um, so it really did, it started on the, on the, um, the east side, the fire started on the east side, but it did jump over the valley, go right through the valley. And now obviously it's on both sides of the valley. 
Um, Vineyard 29 being on the west side, we were hit with sort of the second the second day, um, but the first day it was all on the east side, and that's when it was ravaging through the Deer Park area. So for people who don't know what it means, like the fire trucks are just sitting there waiting and they're resting, um, explain, like, are they hosing down the, uh, the wineries, the buildings, the structures themselves? They're trying to prevent them from burning. Um, is that right? They are more um, digging, digging fire lines. Um, okay. So not only with large bulldozers, but also just small fire lines with mm-hmm. uh, shovels and, and axes and things like that. There's, there's, they're scrambling, working hard. They, they dig these fire lines so that they can kind of push the fire um, in, in one direction or another. At Vineyard 29, that's, that's what they did to, to save the winery was they, they dug a nice fire line right above our Sauvignon Blanc um, vineyard and, um, and, and they diverted it and then up to the neighbor to the north, they, they dug a fire line above their home and it sort of kept it up in the hill and they just let it run north up the hill over the night. Um, one reason why the guys are sleeping right now is they seem to, they fight the most at night. That's when the winds are stronger and that's when the fire has more, um, it's just more active. And then during the day it calms down, they get to kind of take a little rest until they're relieved. So uh, walk us back to the moment where it's kind of full scale panic for you. You get a phone call uh, from the owner or from Robert Craig or Chuck McMahon. And they're like, holy shit, the winds are, are, are you know, have picked up. We're in peril. Uh, what's it, What was that like that moment for you? What did you do? Did you run to the winery? Did you, I mean, what was, what was the, uh, what was your action? Um, actually Holly and I, and um, honestly, and the kids were, uh, were the first ones to see the actual fire at Vineyard 29. And we um, it then notified the owners and um, and everybody else. My employees called off the team to, to come into work and all that kind of stuff. Um, so that was uh, that was uh, what was that Sunday? I believe. Yeah. It's every day is like a blur, honestly. <laughs> uh, you know, um, but we, we feel it here in uh, New York, like like the whole country feels. Uh, New York is uh, you know is like everyone's under siege with the COVID, and I sometimes don't even know what date is. I just feel like I. Yeah. <laughs> Exactly. Go to work. But so, the, so the, you see the fires first and then what, what happens? You call the owner and do you go to the winery or are you just like, no, I'm staying away. It's too dangerous. I went in at 5 a.m. to start my day and to, to assess because I heard that the fire had jumped the highway. So that, that's right. This is Monday, 5 a.m. Um, I heard the fire had jumped the highway and was above Vineyard 29. So I went in a little early um, and then I called my team and told them not to come in and I called the owner told them what was going on but basically there were three engines there fighting the fire and um and they were dig- digging those lines like I was telling you and then they were also using water to put out um hot spots and things like that so they, they did have they were hooked up to the fire hydrant right above the winery and they had truck waters um uh, trucks with water as well and they were hosing down um, a lot of the, the trees that were on fire um, I've got great video and pictures and stuff, but they, they were very, very nice and very helpful and very informative and let me come right up. I mean, I was up with them right next to the fire. She literally like two feet away from the fire, um, just checking it all out and, and assessing. And they were showing me where it was worse and where it was threatening, what trees were going to fall, which have been falling all week right. um, and things like that. And so what do you do now? You're kind of assessing what to do with these grapes that haven't been picked yet or what the, uh... Do you try to salvage the harvest? I was just talking to somebody in uh, Oregon and uh, she said the only thing that was insured was the estate vineyard and all the contracts that you have with other vineyards uh, um, aren't insured. She's going to pay them anyway. It's Janie from um, Brookseller. And uh, yeah. she said that it's a wash for her. She's not going to pick. Um, so what do you do? 
we, we have a lot already in, which is great. I mean, we're almost done. We only have two vineyards hanging. Well, well, I should say that we only have two vineyards hanging that we're going to pick. And that's because there's no insurance involved and we're going to see what we can do and, and learn from it. Um, we'll certainly do everything we can to, to treat and, and make sure we're doing anything and everything possible to eradicate any taint. But um, the other vineyards, basically the, they're insured and they, uh, the owners are, or the growers are just asking for rejection letters, which I've been typing up all morning. Right. Um, and so uh, rejection letters and then proof from um, a laboratory. So we have to go out and pull samples and then send it into the lab and, and get all the, the markers, the smoke taint markers. That's what they're so You're up still up at five o'clock in the morning going to the winery. Um, the air quality is pretty poor. It's terrible. Yeah. yeah. In Napa, it's it's very bad, very unhealthy, and then up in St. Helena and Calistoga, it's it's off the charts. Perfect. Are you allowed to drive on the roads? You have to get a, a pass from the um, agricultural commissioner, and right. so your, your ag passes will get you into certain areas. Um, I'm thankful I got I'm able to get I got an ag pass where I can get to just about anywhere I need to be. Do you remember the movie Apocalypse Now? Uh, the scene with Robert yeah. Duvall, Colonel Kilgore, he's on the beach and there's fire and smoke everywhere and uh, the flight of the Valkyries is playing. Do, do you feel like that heading into work sometimes? Like, what? Yeah, every morning's interesting because it's dark and yeah. um, I have a few of my guys, the, the full-timers, we've, we're, we have had the interns stay away since last week, but the full-timers are doing quick little pump over shifts and stuff like that. And uh, every morning we're texting each other, going up valley saying, are you okay? You know, let's meet here, let's meet at Sunshine, we'll drive together and it's, yeah, it's, a little better this morning than it was yesterday and it's better yesterday than it was the day before. So. And so is it, it's obviously it's day to day. What, what is the feel like there if you're not in the wine business, even though most people are, um, is there a sense of hopelessness or is there a kind of a Napa strong movement? Uh, my cousin lives there and a few friends live there and it's probably split 50, 50 for them. I have friends going, I don't know what I'm doing here anymore. I'm leaving. And uh, the other one's going, I'm not going anywhere. This is my home. So. Yeah, um, there's certainly some some folks that are you know standing strong and doing doing everything everything they can to protect their property. Um, but most of the folks up valley have evacuated. It's very very quiet up valley. Um, it's ghost town, and there's there's police officers everywhere protecting, making sure there's no looting. Um, and of course, there's firefighters everywhere. But you, once you get north of Yountville, it it just quiets down, and and people are focused on um, harvesting you know gra grapes and 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 making wine, and then having all these um, you know, uh, personnel up there, just first responders doing their thing. So it's pretty darn quiet. Uh, when you're down here in Napa or in Yountville, um, it's, it's not as quiet, I'd say. Because of the air quality, a lot of people are staying indoors, but there's still people walking around downtown having you know, lunch and it's, having it's, wine tastings downtown Napa, yeah. It's, it's pretty crazy. It, feel, it probably feels uh, post-apocalyptic, right? Yeah. Uh, uh, it's crazy. I, I and then I'm going back and forth to um, to Sonoma and Santa Rosa. I have some wines that I make over there. And when I had to divert some fruit this week that we couldn't crush at Vineyard 29 over to one of my wineries over there. And so we're doing the drive every day. And it's inter interesting to see where the air is worse. And, you know, it's all about the wind. And so one day we were driving up to Russian River three days ago, and it was terrible. It was like it was nighttime at 11 in the morning. And then uh, and then the next day or two days later, yesterday, it was it was okay. Right. more like Napa right now. Um, so the air quality is all, it's, it's moving around and, and it's, you know, the winds are really driving. Uh, so probably shops and stuff is cl are closed. People, my, my cousin just got back into his house, so he was evacuated. Um, mm -hmm. it's, it's just uh, insane to me. So what does your day-to-day -day look like now? 
I mean, because the fires are still burning. So are you concerned that, uh, you know, there'll, there'll be another shift in wind at night and it comes back? I mean, that's a real concern, correct? Yes. Yeah, definitely. We, we get a, a cooling trend that starts tomorrow, which everybody is just really hoping for. Um, and so everything should cool down quite a bit tomorrow and then even cooler the next day and throughout the week. Uh, even see a little bit of potential rain in the forecast next Saturday, but that's a long time. That's seven days from now. So do you wear a respirator when you're out? We wear N95 masks. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So That's just insane. My, so you're, you're, my day, you were mentioning my, yeah. what is my day like? Yeah. My day is um, getting up early and going up and um, making sure all the, the pump overs and, and mixing the tanks and all that stuff are completed, walking the fire line, walking the property line and making sure there's no new hot spots. Um, and then um, usually heading to up to Robert Craig and or over to a couple of wineries in Sonoma that I work with and, and tasting those tanks. So a lot of time in the car, I mean, I must be driving, I don't know, 500 miles a day or something, it seems. So to be clear, the stuff that's in the tank now hasn't been smoke tainted. So that's, that's good juice. Right. Okay. So uh, isn't the biggest issue going to be convincing the consumer uh, you know, that this wasn't you know, uh, smoke uh, affected by the smoke taint um, and, yeah. and convincing they should still buy Napa, I imagine, right? Yes, definitely. That'll be, that'll be a, cha- a challenge that we yeah. have in front of us. Because there will be people who will just bottle, bottle it with smoke taint and uh, so be it. There's your barbecue wine. But yeah. it's not good for the Napa reputation. I'm going to take one second just to uh, plug your wine, uh, Vineyard 29 Crew, that I have in my glass, which is uh, uh, one of your uh, brands that you have under the umbrella of Vineyard 29, besides the Estate Cab um, and the Sub Blanc. Uh, the Crew is a blend of, uh, of vineyards. Uh, it's probably the, the best value coming out of Napa, as far as I'm concerned, uh, particularly with all the, the pedigree and the, and the praise that uh, you get. Um, Thank you. And, um, so you have, I mean, and the other thing is too, I want people to remember because I'd like them to still, uh, the last podcast I did, we drank uh, some Sinsky and I was with Eric Asimov from um, the New York Times. Actually, that'll drop in a few weeks. But we talked about like people should drink California because the idea is we support each other, right? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And, Absolutely. And that's what, that's what I want to do. So that's I'm going to encourage you. Uh, my friends, I just uh, was talking to a, uh, a private club in New York that was interested in uh, picking up a pallet of the crew. So I'm hoping that will uh, do because we are starting to open in New York City. But uh, for value, I mean, it's still expensive, but not crazy expensive for, for what this wine is. So uh, I'm going to say cheers and have a sip of Thank that. Thank you. Thank you for your support as well. Mm-hmm. Much appreciated. Um, so give me some optimism. Like what, if you're there... Now there was a fire 10 months ago. There's a fire. It seems like every single year. What do, what do, what do you do about that? Like where's the silver lining? I mean, is it, I mean, you can build fire breaks all you want, but um, is it just um, because there's too, too many structures built where they shouldn't be built and that just adds to these fires when they, when it does go up? Uh, I mean, do you have, I mean, you're there. So you're thinking, what does it look like five years from now? What are you doing? Uh, so that you're not like, you know, in the middle of, uh, this, this fire every year, every 10 months, um, and looking at your livelihood being taken away from you. Yeah, I think, you know, maybe we can adopt what they're doing in, in the larger forests and do some sort of controlled burn effort in a different time of the year when it's not such a dangerous fire season time where they can really control it. Um, that's one thing. And then a lot of what 
what the local uh, PG&E, the electric company, is doing is they're clearing all the um, all the trees and everything and shrubs away from the power lines that run up all the mountains. So, you know, if you look up, well, now everything looks different. But before this recent fire, if you were to look up Powell Mountain or look up Spring Mountain or look up Diamond Mountain, you would see the, the lines, the, the energy lines, the poles going all the way up because they've cleared them completely. Um, so that's another thing that's good. Um, but yeah, there's just, there's a lot, there are a lot of structures in the hills now. You're definitely right about that. I mean, there did not used to be as many, um, but there have always been, you know, there's, there's, they've been, there's been mountain wineries all over the, the valley, um, for, for years, for decades. So it's, it's not so, anything new. Um, so some better forest management, but, yeah. um, if you were, if you were at the craps table in Vegas, would you say that is, uh, What's your odds that uh, it's it's it, that's not going to do anything? You know, to, I mean, <laughs> that's good. I wouldn't take them. I wouldn't. Yeah. Take them. <laughs> exactly. I, uh, I just walk on by. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so, is there kind of a consortium of uh, Napa uh, growers and winemakers who are trying to get together to uh, really put a positive message out there? Because certainly, like Vineyard Twenty Nine has uh, a seller and Robin Craig, a seller of, of vintages that you still have and. Um, and so that will kind of keep you going. Uh, yes. Yeah. We're thankful for the, the 18 and 19 vintages being large quantity and quality in both of those years. I mean, they're really fantastic vintages. So very thankful for that. Um, I can't help but feel incredibly sorry for the people who help with harvest and, uh, pick the grapes and, uh, do all the kind of secondary stuff that you don't hear or much of in California or actually for that region. Um, under that for any winery, you don't hear much about the teams who help with harvest and, right. and guys that work in the winery who, who are, you know, not the, um, the, the face of it, I guess I would say. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, what are they doing? They, they have a harvest to pick. They have mo- most folks are, um, are, are harvesting. I, I just can't do it. I can't put a team out there in the field to pick the last 18 tons that we have hanging. You know, it's one day's work, but it's the air quality is just incredible. And so we're just holding off. And when things, when things clear up a little bit, we'll go grab the last of that fruit. We'll do everything we can uh, in the winery to, to, you know, make it salvageable. And we'll certainly not bottle it, but if we can maybe turn it into something, something good and then sell it on the bulk market, then we'll be, you know, happy with that. Yeah. I mean, I, I feel, sorry. I still feel sorry for these people that have to work. And I, you know, uh, it, oddly enough, it feels very much like the essential workers in New York and they're saying, Oh, these people are heroes that work in supermarkets and markets. It's like, well, I, they are heroic for sure, but it's, the economy they need to yeah. work and Absolutely. i feel sorry for anyone picking what temperature is there when you're picking right now uh, 90 degrees uh yeah they're picking in the in the dark and and they're usually done by 10 a.m so not quite up to 90 um but i mean there's certainly been days in the last few weeks that they've been picking up to 90 95 so they, can, they can barely see through the smoke they have the mask yeah. on they're sweating uh they're yes. breathing in this air the air quality is just horrible yeah. And then on top of it, well, I mean, they're, they're not going to, I guess it's crazy. It's like an emergency room. There's a triage component to this. Like, a, you know, well, we'll worry about COVID second. We're going to first worry about not getting burned, you know, breathing in this smoke and my eyes burning and uh, yeah. not getting absolutely cut because it's, it's dark. Scary. See, um, these, these, this is the real backbone of, of the wine country that uh, a lot of people uh, don't see, but they are, 
um, what makes it all possible for us to enjoy this amazing glass of wine. Of course, your your hand and your deft hand at making wine and uh, how long you've been doing it. But uh, that labor force is is taking a huge hit. Um, they really have just yeah. with COVID they had, you know, before fire season. And so now it's just it's it's unbelievable. They're not getting the hours that they normally would. And they're obviously having to work in conditions that are just not not ideal at all. Very, very uh, uh, just risky. It's, it's a high health risk situation. Right. So um, so uh, Sonoma is also battling part of these fires as well. Am I correct? Yes. The glass fire um, jumped over the Spring Mountain and over the Mayacamas Mountain Range and is now over in uh, sort of uh, Kenwood area and up in the hills uh, just east of Santa Rosa. That's, it's crazy. It's just it's, 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 it's the wind that makes it move so fast, correct? Yeah. And all that that brush up there in the mountains. There's a lot of kindling and a lot of fuel up there in the mountains that the fire just moves quickly with those winds. How does Napa rebound from this? Uh, pre COVID, I would say that there was kind of a, a fall off in sales. Um, correct me if I'm wrong about, uh, you know, the certain Napa properties uh, where mm-hmm. like it's too expensive or it's not worth it. And the wines are particularly in uh, the light of a, of a natural wine movement, which I will only equate with lower alcohol, less oak, that kind of uh, thing. I think, you know, Napa caps are classic. It's like nobody goes to a Rolling Stones concert and complains that they're playing satisfaction again. Right. <laughs> uh, so I think Napa cab will always have its uh, place, but right now uh, with the current economy and stuff, I mean, it's taking an ass kicking, right? Yeah, it really is. Absolutely. But we're strong. And uh, I think, again, the quality of the 18 and 19 vintages, I think that's sort of uh, something that we can hold our hat on and we can really push those vintages and uh, and do everything we can with the 20 vintage that's still here in tank and, and being fermented. And, uh, you know, there's some beautiful lots there. Yeah, I mean, I'm tasting these tanks every day. And um, while it's hard to taste with all the smoke around, um, you can certainly feel uh, the palate and you can really tell that there's some some beauty in there and i'm just glad that we got them picked before it got too crazy right that's that's, that's very cool so what music you listen to in your car when you're driving to work that, that calms you down or excites you <laughs> yeah, I'm, not supposed to, I'm not supposed to say that ollie just said he's on his phone but yeah i, I spend a lot of time emailing texting. and texting and texting calling and time while i'm driving oh man it's just farmers and winery owners and growers and it's crazy but uh when i'm not talking while i'm driving um i uh i usually have something like uh that chill station on just to kind of mellow the mood that uh, serious XM chill or uh, I love reggae. So a little Bob Marley and just kind of something to kind of, you know, mellow the mood a little bit as we're driving. Uh, I, I hear you. Um, yeah. So I know you do have Plains. to get back to work. You're up at five o'clock in the morning doing your punch downs and uh, uh, trying to keep everything safe. So I always close the episode with, um, you know, if God whispered in your ear or a God whispered in your ear that this is your last day on the planet. Um, what would you be drinking? What would you be eating? And what piece of music would you be listening to? Ooh, that's a good one. Um, well, I would definitely be eating lobster because I'm a kid from Braintree, Mass. Nice. Boston uh, here as well. That's comfort food yeah. to me. Yep. And probably if I'm having lobster, I'd probably have some white burgundy. I would imagine maybe something from the flood. But uh, yeah, some white burgundy and lobster sounds great. And uh, just relaxing and, and listening to, to, I would say, Bob Marley. Bob Marley. Okay. You got a particular song you love? Let's see. Uh, I love them all. Maybe Concrete Jungle. Okay. That's awesome. Yeah. Um, hey, um, you know, I called you last minute for this, and I called you because I really wanted historic perspective 
of what is going on with the fires and how somebody on the ground is dealing with this. Um, and you have a, a long history. And uh, I appreciate you taking time out in the middle of your day to come on uh, DOTJ podcast and drinking on the job. Um, so I just want to say thanks very much, Keith. I appreciate it. And I, and I love your wife, Holly. I've been friends with her forever as well. She loves you as well. Thanks for having me, John. Okay. Thanks a lot. <laughs> All right. Take, take care. care. Bye. Bye-bye. Thanks again for listening. Don't forget to check us out at dotjpodcast.com. Until then, I'll see you at the bar.